Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am the tech editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as he often does on afternoons such as this one, would be senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there! All right, then. So, time to talk about, you know, this time of year we kind of get to uh, wanting to talk about our favorite stuff. Yeah. Because it's fun and easy. And it gives hints to certain significant others and family members and friends of what to get us for Christmas or any other kind of holiday. It's Christmas for me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I could say Hanukkah, but let's, I'm not Jewish. Well, there you go. But uh, it's, it's, you know, it's all over the world now. People are, you see ads everywhere about stuff. You know, we could buy this stuff And, and electronic gizmos and gadgets. You know, our bailiwick is uh, one of the biggest seg- segments of the uh, the economy uh, around this time of year because right. they do a lot of business. So, so, uh, but but this year we're not really doing a gift guide so much as we are talking about some of the favorite things that we stuff have we've received. Gotten. Yeah, yeah. We had a, a listener write in, um, and unfortunately, I, I have misplaced the email. But we had a listener write in and ask us it's behind the couch what our favorite uh, tech gifts were. Actually, our favorite pieces of tech total. But that's a huge category. So Chris came up with a brilliant idea. Like, hey, the holiday season's coming up. How about we talk about the, our favorite tech thingies that we have received as gifts on the holidays? Yeah. And, and part of the reason I did that was because, uh, some of the biggest tech stuff I've ever owned, I never got as a gift. And I thought some of the coolest tech stuff I got wasn't really gadgety enough. So hey, I figured this worked out. Yeah. It'd so, be a little different. We'll so cater to the geek squad. Right. We're not talking not, just about, not, about gadgets or, uh, or we, we, we opened up the category a little bit so that it'll be a little easier. So let's talk, take a little walk down memory lane and, uh, chat about some of the stuff that we got as, um, we were going to start with some stuff that we got as kids that kind of sort of falls into the toy slash tech line and, uh, and, and work our way up from there. Now we're not going to obviously go year by year because. No, no, no. That would take too long. Chris and I have lived far too long for that. Yes. Thanks a lot for pointing that out. God, I feel so old. Yeah. Start. Go. Okay. Do your first one. Okay. The first one I, I, I really wanted to bring up uh, was something um, that I got under the tree at my grandmother's house when I was, I think, eight years old. And that would be Milton Bradley's Big Track and the Transport. Have you never seen this thing? I have no idea what you're talking about. I am impressed. You know, well, I am older than, than Jonathan is. However, um, someone will write in and, and, and vindicate how cool this thing was. Uh, Big Track was I'll a, look it up uh, while go you're ahead. It's, about it's, it. go it's ahead. T, it's T-R-A-K, however. Okay. Um, and Big Track was, and in my opinion, this totally fits into tech stuff though, because it was a programmable tank, sort of like a tank of the future. Holy cow. Look at that thing. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. Um, and it would allow you to do, uh, and it had like a numeric keypad on the back, on the top of it. Yeah. It and, um, it would allow you to give it a simple program. Like you could say, I want you to go left. Uh, I, I, I don't know that it had a, a specific, uh, distance programmed into it. You had to kind of go, uh, okay, I want you to go ahead five somethings and turn left. And then I want you to go forward seven somethings. And by trial and error, 
you could program it to go into the next room and shoot its little laser cannon at the dog, the television, your parents, uh, some random corner, and then you'd have to take it back in, reprogram it to turn the other direction. But it also came with a really cool transport, which you could plug into the back, and it was uh, like a, a dump truck thing because, you know, every robotic tank needs a dump truck thing that goes in the back. But you could also, you know, go in, turn around, shoot at the dog, and dump the three Nerf balls that you piled into the back of the transport. Um, anyway, really cool, basic programming thing and uh, really techie. Sort of went along with the Starbird, which I also got one of. Um, no programming involved there, but it did have an accelerometer in it so that, you know, cause you turn it on and it made engine noises and it was basically a little spaceship. Uh, and it, you could modify it by taking little spaceships on and off of it, you know, sort of Voltron like you could plug it in. But, um, if, if you tilted it up, the, uh, the sound would get, you know, higher in pitch to make it sound like it was climbing or, you know, you turn it down and it would go lower so you could fly it around the house, annoy the living daylights out of your parents. And, uh, you know, they were sort of related because they were both from Milton Bradley. But, nice. Um, now owned by a much larger company that starts with Hasbro. Um, but uh, both neat tech gizmos I got as a kid. And I just I love those things. Drove my parents crazy. Wow. And I still have I still have all of that stuff. You, you know what that makes me think of? What's that? OK, I wasn't going to start with this. OK, actually, this wasn't even on my list. It was only because after hearing you that it sparked a memory. OK. Um, I have the Blue Army Mephisto Rumble Robot. I don't think I'm familiar with that. The Rumble Robots. First of all, I have to admit, Rumble Robots are not very old. You see what the picture looks okay. like right there? Yeah. That, that's him right there. Okay. So um, that that's totally not interesting to all you audio podcast people out there. So go look up Mephisto, M-E-F-I-S-T-O. Okay. And it's uh, Rumble Robot. Um, all right. First of all, interest of full disclosure, I got this gift maybe four years ago. So this is not a kid gift. This is a big kid gift. Not, okay. It, it It's like- meant for little kids, but I have the mentality and emotional development of a little kid. <laughs> So it worked out well. Okay, but this then. was a present to me uh, from a friend of mine, a friend that uh, he goes by the nickname Oz. Oh, yeah. Oz also has a rumble robot. Oz, by the way, is at least six years older than I am. Actually, he's older than that. But I'm going to be nice to Oz. Um, and so um, a person even older than I am went out and bought rumble robots so that we could have robot fights. And that's what these things are. They're remote controlled. Uh, rumble, rumble robots. They have, um, an ability to, uh, both a physical attack and a little laser attack. And the way that you determine how strong your robot is, is you have collector cards that you scan. Nice. And you can scan up to, I think it's three or four. I can't remember now. It's been a long time since we played with these. Um, but you could scan, uh, three or four of these cards, which gives your robot certain abilities. Like it will actually determine how fast it can move. Mm-hmm. So if you have a speed of five, it's going to go much faster than someone who has a speed of three. And you, so you could determine how hard it strikes, how fast it moves, how powerful its laser is, how good its defenses are. And, uh, and, Put your robot in battles with another robot. You could also buy supplemental armor and weapons, which I did <laughs> so that I could defeat my my hated opponent. Um, we really should have entitled this one Tech Toys because I have a feeling we're, we've started a thread. That here. we're just going to go through all the different toys that we've owned. Yes, this was a this was a, a gift that <laughs> a gift that my wife would say it's the gift that keeps on taking as in it takes her sanity bit by bit as yeah. her husband 
rolls the robot around and, and, uh, essentially whenever I, Oz was not over for us to have our robot wars, I was using the rumble robot to, uh, antagonize our dogs. <laughs> which was hysterical. Yeah, I'm sure. All right. I'm anyway, sure. that that technically was not the one I was going to start off with. Um I was actually going to talk about a collection of uh the 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 stuff that I got as a kid that really got me kind of interested in technology in a oh, way. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. So now the I would I grew up in the in the late 70s early 80s. Right. So I grew up just as the merchandising craze began for for like where the cartoons and the toys were really closely tied in together. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, started by Star Wars. Okay. Right, right, so right. Star Wars, Lucas, he hit on something brilliant. He managed to hit that merchandising nail right on the head. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I did own a lot of Star Wars toys, including the Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. which I count as a gadget because it made noises. And it was awesome. <laughs> and I had, uh, you know, I had like a TIE Interceptor, I had a TIE Fighter, I had the X-Wing Fighter, um... I didn't have a Y-Wing. No. I need to talk to my parents. Yeah. I didn't have an AT-AT either. That's what I always wanted was one of the AT-ATs, the huge AT-ATs. Yes. The uh, I did not all, have an all-terrain attack transports. Um, Did not have one. A friend of mine did, though, and we we used to have amazing battles. So, uh, But I also was a big He-Man fan. I don't make apologies. I was a kid. I had no sense of taste. So I had a Castle Grayskull. I had yeah. a Snake Mountain. Uh, and I was a big Transformers fan. So I had lots of Transformers, which also kind of sort of count as gadgets, but not really. Cause they, you know, again, it was something that got me interested in science fiction and gadgetry in general. Um, these, and these robots. toys, yeah, and they're robots, which eventually led to my enjoyment of the Rumble robot. Um, but these were little tiny building blocks upon which I began to build my obsession for gadgets and tech. I, uh, I just thought of something. Thank, thank you for that because I actually just thought of something that fits perfectly in that. Oh dear Lord, this is, this is going to be like a 50 minute podcast, isn't it? (laughs) No, I I will mention it briefly. Okay. Do you remember those, uh, kits that you used to be able to buy at Radio Shack? I don't know if you could still Mm -hmm. do it, but the ones with the little springs and wires. Mm -hmm. And basically they were a very simple computer. Ah, yeah. And you could, you attach, you know, you, you attach a wire to spring six and oh, you know, you, you move it over to other stuff. Now they have stuff like this in, uh, you know, make magazine. Mm-hmm. They have much more advanced versions of this where you can, you know, basically pull the wires in and out. And it's, it's, it's not the same type of thing. This was really aimed at kids, but you could make like a basic AM crystal radio receiver thing and you could, you know, modify it different places. I haven't, I have no idea where that thing went. I have most of my toys from childhood, but I don't have that. But I do remember getting that uh, early on, probably when I was, you know, uh, you know, 10 years old or something like that. Yeah. Right around that same time, same age, not same time, but when I was about 10 years old, um, I got one of my favorite gadget gifts of all my childhood, Uh which is weird considering the fact that I never really developed a proficiency with it. Okay. It was a Casio keyboard. Oh yes. Uh, the musical keyboard, not the computer keyboard. We're talking about a, a, Little electronic piano. Oh, please tell um, me it wasn't the little itty bitty one with the, you know, chiclet keys. It wasn't that. No, no, it was a model. It was a step up from that. Um, no, it was that one. Oh, <laughs> no, it definitely, definitely had the, the horrible pre-programmed electronic, uh, drum tracks. Yeah. And I can't remember, I can't remember what the demo song was anymore, but I, I could only play by ear and, uh, cause I never learned to really play the thing, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and, uh, and I remember that, uh, 
I was a big fan of learning different songs. Somehow, I mean, I, I think it's just a law that if you own a little electric keyboard, eventually, even if you've never heard the song before, you eventually learn how to play Heart and Soul. Yeah. I don't know how that happens because that was one of the songs I learned to play by ear. I don't ever remember hearing that song before I had the keyboard, and I don't know how the hell I, I, I encountered it. But I learned how to play it. And, and thankfully, it has replaced – I mean, the, Heart and Soul is at least timeless. Uh, when I was Arguably. around a lot of people who were playing around with those, it was Axel F uh, from nice. uh, Beverly Hills. Cop. I did learn how to play that. I learned how to play the, uh, Empire March from, uh, the Empire Strikes Back, the Imperial yeah. March. Um, yeah, I learned a few pretty lame songs. I also was very envious of my friend who lived down the street because he had, uh, one of the electronic keyboards that allowed you to record a, um, a sound bite and then it would play it back at different pitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, which of course meant that we spent hours of fun giggling over saying naughty words into the synthesizer and then making it play it at chipmunk and, uh, and like, uh, super stoner speeds. And, yeah, you know, we have a whole um, lot of people entertaining. who are, are, uh, our younger listeners who are just going, Dude, I could so totally do that. I you just gave them all ideas. It's there's nothing like playing jingle bells using an expletive at different pitches as the only note through the whole thing. Okay, so I'm going to change the subject now. Okay, go ahead. I'm in case I'm, any of their parents. Are I'm listening. actually about to start giggling all over again. I'll bet you are. <laughs> um, I wish I could remember the name of the manufacturer because it wasn't a brand name. But I got one of my very first uh, portable cassette player. I got as a gift. And uh, it was really cool because it's not cool now. It was really cool then because it had a, a, a cassette adapter that would allow it to receive radio. So, I, you know, I could take out the tape and put in this adapter and, you know, scroll the thing sideways and it would actually get radio, which was really cool. I used it for years and years. The paint wore off of it. Yes, it had paint. And um, Were they actually broadcasting radio back then? Jonathan... Uh, this later, is going to turn so ugly before the end of the podcast. And in the, in the, in the not too uh, even distant past, it was probably uh, five or six years. Well, no, it was probably uh, around 2000, 2001. I got a uh, my last portable device that wasn't an all digital device would be the uh, RioVolt player from Sonic Blue, mm-hmm. which was uh, would allow you to play discs. Like I had a couple disc men that I bought. Uh, actually, I got one as a gift. I, you know, my very first disc man was a gift, but, uh, the, the Sonic Blue was kind of cool because it would allow you to play, to make a disc of MP3 files. So you could listen to a, you know, off the shelf CD or you could listen to a CD of MP3s, which until I got an iPod was really useful. Yeah. Cause you could, could have, have like a hundred songs on yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was kind of cool. It actually got stolen along with a, a pair of, uh, Denon headphones, really awesome headphones I got as a gift from my dad. Um, and uh, unfortunately, those were both stolen when my house was broken into. But anyway, those were all my music-type gadgets together. Cool. Well, if I'm talking about music-type gadgets, there are really only two that I can talk about that were gifts. Okay. Uh, one was my very first CD player, which was a portable CD player. You plugged headphones into it. It didn't, you know, or you could plug it, I guess you could have a mail-to-mail connector and plug it into an auxiliary oh, yeah. for you know some other radio. But it had no native speakers. Mm-hmm. It's just a little CD, CD player. And uh, I got it uh, – it was probably a couple years after CDs came out. Now, guys, you got to remember, if you weren't around when compact discs first came out, 
Compact disc players, like all new technology, were pretty expensive. Yeah, they were. Um, that was something where I really wanted one, but at the same time, I knew that it was uh, it was kind of an extravagant gift, so I felt badly about asking for one. Uh, but my parents did get me – they got me a refurbished uh, portable CD player for a Christmas gift a couple – a couple years after CD players had first hit the market. So still, they're still in the fairly expensive range, although they weren't extravagantly expensive at that point. Right. Um, and I think that gift, I think they ended up really liking that gift for me because, uh, from on subsequent Christmases, I would ask them for, um, classical music CDs, which yeah. I don't know if you've ever gone shopping for classical music CDs, but you can buy like 50 for a buck. I mean, it's crazy how many you can purchase. Uh, for a really cheap price. And so they were like, you know, my sister would be asking for a new computer and I'd be asking for, you know, I, I would like this Brahms collection. <laughs> so, uh, so that ended up being the gift they kept on giving. Uh, but, uh, the other music present that I received was my first MP3 player, which uh-huh. was a Creative Zen Touch 20 gigabyte. And you might have heard me talk about this once before. Uh, the Creative Zen Touch, it was, um, it, what a heavy MP3 player that thing was. I mean, it felt like a, a, a brick of lead, but, uh, it was awesome. It, it held so much music. It was the first time I had ever had a, a device that could hold that much, uh, content, uh, uh, you know, considering how small it was. And it had a little touch sensitive bar in the center that would allow you to scroll up and scroll down. Although that did get a little, uh, wonky toward the end of its life. Uh, but that was a great device. I really enjoyed it. Um, despite the fact that it did weigh uh, just under a metric ton. Yeah, actually, that reminds me because um, my, uh, you know, I wasn't actually done with my uh, music gadgets. The very last one. You lied. Was my, yeah, my very first iPod, the uh, the click wheel, the very last black and white iPod, which is still running fine. Thank you very much. Battery life is terrible when I haven't had it replaced. Uh, in a guy, DeVita, you can't even get through the whole song. Yeah, really. It, darn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Now, um, actually, it's kind of hard to get through when I got a Vita on a fully charged <laughs> brand new iPod. That's know. true. It's, That's kind true. of a long song. It, it approximately lasts about as long as your average German opera. <laughs> no, I'm just just teasing. No, um, but yeah, that was my uh, my first all digital player, and uh, coincidentally, uh, just before, no, it was just after my uh, my house was broken into. But uh, wow. my wife and I exchanged iPods that year. <laughs> decided to well. Might here's well here's your something. iPod. Here's your iPod. Well, now we have a reason. <laughs> nice. Well, no, we got them engraved with our names. So it was oh, our, uh, sweet. You know. Yeah. So now I'm going, okay, I need to recycle this, but it has my name engraved on it. Right. Darn. Right. So, uh, now someone will know my name. Well, you never know. You got you have to run it through the shredder and it, it just right. makes this big mess. Yeah, you definitely don't want people seeing how many, like, of the Wiggles songs you have on there or whatever. I do have Wiggles songs I on was, my iPod. God, I was hoping you didn't. I was so hoping you I also had children. That. This is true. All right. So, um, Greg's the, never mind. So game consoles. I've actually received uh, three yes. game consoles as gifts. Now I own more than three game consoles, but only three of them were, were presents. Okay. That would be the Atari 2600. Aha. Uh-huh, me, me also. Um, and then I also got a, a Sega Dreamcast and I got the Sega Dreamcast after the Dreamcast was already a dead product. Wow. So, uh, but it didn't matter to me because the games were still awesome. Uh, you could pick up any used game for, um, for a song. And also. That was um, really embarrassing going in and singing to those people. Well, but depend- you could get anything. I, I'm a ham. 
Like I care. I'll yeah, go in and sing point. anywhere. People have to stop me from singing here. Uh, and then the third one was, uh, the PlayStation 2. Ah, yes. Which I also got well after it had started to, uh, well, I mean, it's still, they're still making games for it. So yes. Yeah. Well, I actually got mine. Uh, I bought my PlayStation 2, but, uh, got one of the very last ones before they went to the new slim design. Um, yeah, the, uh, the 2600 actually wasn't a, a gift around a holiday or anything like that. It was one of those things that, uh, uh, I think my parents just decided to spring on me because they wanted to. And it, nice. it was an occasion like, hey, you know what? I got a surprise. Here it is. So it, it counts. It's a gift. Uh, I also got a, a Sega Genesis as a uh, holiday gift one year. So that was kind of yeah, cool. If any of these sound unfamiliar to you guys because you're 14, go to the there internet. There are a lot of you who are 14. Yeah, go to the internet and look them up and you can see what kind of crazy game systems these two old fogies like to play when they were kids. I have another um, older gadget too, but it's not a game system. What's so. that? Uh, I got my very first PDA, uh, personal digital assistant, uh, one for a, a gift one wow. year, uh, which was the, uh, handspring visor deluxe, which ran on the old palm operating system. So a um, PDA, for those of you who don't know, is like a smartphone without, without the, the phone. phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Black and white, you know, I think what 16 shades of gray. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, no, but it, it was, it was a nice introduction. No, it was, yeah. My, my introduction to the world of, uh, handheld computing, cause I hadn't ever had anything that was that advanced before. Right. Uh, but you know, it, it was actually kind of a, a cool device, um, because it allowed you to plug in, uh, cartridges with other programs on it, uh, from other manufacturers. Um, something that I feel like kind of got underutilized by a sure. lot of people, but, uh, nonetheless, a nice idea. Um, and of course, Handspring went on to, uh, start the trio line of, uh, smartphones. And then later was uh, acquired by the company whose founders founded both companies, Palm. Mm, and, right. Uh, you know, then Palm went on to do other smartphones and stuff like that. But anyway, my very first uh, PDA was a gift, and that was very cool. Now, if even if we had just uh, decided to restrict this to favorite games you've ever received as gifts. Oh yes. It games. would be an incredibly long podcast for me because I've received lots and lots of games as presents, which that's great. Cause I love playing various computer and video games. Uh, and, but I decided to narrow it down to my two favorites, which have a, a theme in common. See if you can spot it. Okay. There is Sid Meier's pirates. And this was uh, the pirate game for the, um, the Apple two, actually, I wow. believe. That was if the I'm original mistaken, Pirates. Yes, not the original the re- one. recent remake. Which I also own for the Xbox. Um, but no, this the original one, which I think was uh, for the Apple II. I don't think it was for our PC. And then the second one was The Secret of Monkey Island. Okay. Do you spot the theme? Well, should I be uh, – is this for me to spot or is this for our listeners to spot? Our it? listeners could totally Collide spot it. it. This is for you. Oh. <laughs> it's a challenge for you. It's uh, not a challenge for them. They're um, smart. Uh, well, see, seeing as how, uh, <laughs> I like that. It took you a I second. Had, uh, <laughs> I've never played either one of them in my uh-huh. Um, okay. Well, the, the hint is in the title of one of the two games and it's not monkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sid. No, no. It'd, Darn be, it. it'd be pirates. Of course. Yeah. I, yeah, I figured I, it was pirates. Yes, there's Although, nothing like playing a game of pirates. But I was going to say though, isn't there, aren't there monkeys and, and pirates though? 
No, not in the not original really? one. Okay. No, I mean, maybe in some of the game art somewhere in the mm. background, but no, there's no, like, it's not like Oregon Trail. It's not like you're sailing your there ocean. There are monkeys like, in Oregon Trail? Well, no, I'm just saying, like, it's not like you're sailing between ports and you suddenly get a message saying your ship was beset by monkeys. <laughs> It doesn't happen. It should. No, that would be awesome. So in the next Pirates game, Sid, if you're listening, (laughs) in your next Pirates game, make sure you have a moment where just on by random chance, like if you were struck by lightning or something, you will get a message that just says your ship was beset by monkeys. Maybe you lose like half the crew and all the bananas are gone or something like that. Ah, yes. Uh, So that's the only that's the that that's nice. the representative game I okay. decided to choose. I mean, again, it, the list itself is exhaustive. I would it'd take forever to go through them all. But um, yeah, if you guys haven't played Sid Meier's Pirates, uh, there is a version out for a newer version out for computers and for uh, the X the old Xbox, not the Xbox 360. Um, and there may be for other for the other platforms as well. It's just I happen to have it for the Xbox. It's a fun game. It's not quite the same one that I played back on the uh, Apple II, mm-hmm. but um. It's it's really faithful to the original, and it's uh, it's it's interesting. The only thing that's weird is there's now a a, a dance game included in the uh, the new version where you have to you know it's one of those where you have to time the button press to to match what's on the screen. Mm-hmm. That was not in the original version, the original game. Wow. Okay. Yeah. A little mini game inside of it. Uh, I'm trying to think of my favorite just to just to choose one game that was a gift. Um. I'll stick with the Sid Meier theme, and I'm going to go with Civilization II, uh, which was my introduction to Civ games. Which I think it was a huge improvement over the first one. Yeah, and and a lot of people said that the three was sort of a disservice to fans of two. Yeah, two was uh, great, and I three liked, felt weird. I liked three, but I didn't like it as well as I liked two, and I haven't played four. Yeah, uh, because I just simply don't have. Time. I know Tom Merritt dissed me when I when I said oh. Civilization two was superior to Civilization, and so Tom, this is just calling you out. You're wrong. Civilization uh, 2 was a superior game to the first Civilization. Well, I've never played Civilization 1, so I, I will, you know. Now granted, not it make did, judgment. it did still get a little irritating when you would use a tank to attack a, uh, a, a pike, like a, a, a oh, battalion yeah. of, of people who all they're armed with are pikes and they would beat you. Cause occasionally that could happen. Oh yeah. And you're yeah. thinking, seriously, what did you do with that stick that destroyed this tank? Well, they do have little, you know, maybe they found the exhaust port. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, that exhaust port is got to be less than three meters wide. There's no way you can hit that. You you all know that I set him up for that, right? Right. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, many Bothans died for this podcast. <laughs> I'll return to the Bothans. Uh, my last, um, my last, uh, my last present that I received. Um, well, oh wait, well, I get sticking with Star Wars really quickly. Okay. Um, you know, I mentioned Star Wars early on in my childhood. Yes. So my parents, their their memories are long. Obviously, they uh-huh. remember back when I was a little wee lad. Enjoying my Chewbacca. And, uh, that was not a euphemism. <laughs> Don't write in. Uh, so they decided to, uh, give me a gift a few years ago. Um, you've seen the, the lightsaber replicas, the ones that have the actual fluorescence where it lights up and makes all the noises and everything. Yeah. I have one of those and it is the most awesome toy ever. That same buddy I was telling you about, the guy who got the robots, Oz, I called him over the day I got my, my lightsaber and he, he drives up into the driveway. And it's, uh, it's dusk, so the, the lights are down. I fire that thing up and he's just like, oh, and we're, we revert to, you know, eight year old boys. It's awesome. 
And then you can't help but run around the neighborhood going wow, 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 and terrorizing other kids. Well, other kids. Well, as I said, we revert to that age. It happens. Um, yeah, you know, back when Star Wars was first out, I, and I don't remember if this was a gift, and it's certainly not very techy. I got uh, an original Star Wars lightsaber. Oh, I don't know these, the original. It was an inflatable uh, vinyl tube that you know was sealed like a, a balloon, mm-hmm. and it attached to a flashlight. No, I had one of these too. And it took, uh, I'd give it maybe six minutes before it sprung a leak. Yeah. And I could never find the. I mean, we stuck that thing in a tub to try to, you know. Inflatable. If you've, you've ever done this with a bicycle tire, you know what I'm talking about. You know, to find you, you put some soap is. on it, maybe on the seams, or you know, stick it under the water in the bathtub. Never could find the leak on that thing. I still have the flashlight part. Clearly, the force is weak. The force, with you. the force, certainly weak with that toy. <laughs> so, did you want to mention anything that you wanted? As yeah, a guest? we'll do this really quickly because this is running long. So, yeah. this year, what I would like for uh, Christmas. Uh, as a tech gift. Well, you might remember last year I mentioned that I wanted an Xbox 360 or maybe a PlayStation 3. I, I remember that. That still holds true this year. Yeah. Someone did not get the hint. I'm looking at you, Jolly Red Elf, up there in North Pole land. Um, I would very much like an Xbox 360 or a PS3. They're even better than they were last year, so uh, there's more reason to buy one for me. Um, I also would like a Nook, but apparently I'm too late for that, so I'm going to have to wait till next year before I can get a Nook. Really? Um, yeah, actually, I, I like the Nook design. I, now, granted, maybe it's a good thing that I'll have to wait because I can read the reviews. The one thing I'm curious sure. about is the Nook. Of course, it's a, a e-ink e-reader, you know, sort of like the Kindle. Yeah, except, mostly. Except that it has a touch screen at the bottom. And that touch screen at the bottom, I'm wondering if that puts a bigger drain on the battery life. So I wonder how long the battery lasts for the Nook. Well, it's color. So you know that that, that one color little touch screen at the bottom is going to draw probably significantly more energy. Which is why I want to know how long the battery lasts. Because the because, Amazon can last for like two weeks. Yeah. But – how long can the Nook last? If, if the battery life is not that great, then I would prefer a Kindle 2 yeah. as opposed to the Nook. But I love the design of the Nook. Yeah, I, I actually like all of the different major e-readers for different reasons. I wouldn't mind a Nook. I wouldn't mind a Kindle. And I wouldn't mind the um, the Sony reader, the touch version, mm-hmm. you know, because it's got the touch screen sure. technology. And all, you know, I'm pretty sure all of them, at least the Sony one I know works with Mac, and I'm pretty sure the, the Kindle does too. Um you know, I, w- I would certainly want one of those, and I wouldn't mind one of the gaming system. I would like a nice pair of headphones. I kind of miss my nice pair of headphones. Yeah. I haven't really – I replaced the ones that got stolen in the break-in, but uh, the case on them cracked, and it costs a pretty significant amount of money to have them sent back to the manufacturer and fixed. I have so, to say uh, it is pretty sad to walk by Paulette's desk and see him wearing those massively huge headphones that eventually cut off all circulation to his brain. Yes. What were we talking about again? Let's see. He was wearing them just before this podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so. so if any of you are dying to buy your favorite tech stuff uh, uh, hosts a present, now you have an idea of but what to get. Um, not that you should. No, I'm told really over. And, I'm told over and over again that we're not supposed to solicit gifts. Although uh, stuff you should know has received several gifts. Have by the really? way, yes, including liquor. Really? I am not joking. Okay, then. I am not joking. Um, I'm not asking for liquor because I don't yeah, I drink. Don't really? 
Yeah. yeah, we would just have to give it to the Stuff You Should Know guys. So I guess if you really love Stuff You Should Know, you could send us liquor and we can give it to them. But they're already drunk as it is. So, um, oh, golly, Pete. What? Uh, no, I'm not right now. Well, maybe right now. They're not in the office. So who knows what those two are up to. But uh, no, we love Stuff You Should Know. They're great guys. Uh, no, don't send us stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that went on a lot longer than it should. Anyway, yeah. we should wrap this up. Okay, we'll wrap it up with a little <laughs> listener mail. Okay. This listener mail comes from Frank G, and this is overdue, so I apologize, Frank, because you are owed a kudos. Because Frank was the one who figured out what it meant when I said, Michael, let's drive to Congress. He figured out that it has a connection uh, through the actor who played both the voice of Kit and John Adams in the musical 1776. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes, it's the same actor, and he is brilliant in both roles. Uh, I kept on hoping that he would start bursting out into song as Kit, but he never did. So watch 1776. It's fun. It's a goofy musical. It'll teach you a little bit about uh, the history of America. Um, some of it's accurate. Turns out the Founding Fathers did not regularly burst out into song and dance, but if they did, it would look a lot like 1776. Some of them did not have much of a sense of humor to begin with. Yeah, John Adams among them, actually. Yeah. But if any of you have any comments, questions, suggestions, you want to yell at us because we spent an entire podcast talking about stuff that we love, uh, you can email us. Our address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. And if you want to read about the stuff we talked about, I don't know what the heck is wrong with you, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure you can find many of the articles on howstuffworks.com. Chris and I will talk to you again about stuff that you care about really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?